Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 105.7, The Fan. Ravens beat the Buccaneers 27 to 22. That was Thursday. They have what we have dubbed the Super Mini Buy as they don't play again until next Monday against New Orleans City 5 and 3, first place in the AFC North. And let's talk some football. We go out to the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline. We're joined by Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. And Cynthia, good afternoon. Thank you as always for joining us. So, in your mind, where are the Ravens in the hierarchy of the AFC? Are they a notch below Buffalo? Do you think they're a possible Super Bowl contender? They're certainly in possible Super Bowl contention. I think really at this point, I mean, making it to the playoffs is really well, what I'm looking at now. If they're in the NFC, would I be feeling a little stronger? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, just because the AFC is stronger in general, top to bottom. But I think it's all about making the playoffs, and then anything can happen there. So stay healthy enough, keep winning the division, keep doing the things that they're already doing and the improvements we've seen them make, and I think they're in good shape. We're, we kind of find ourselves at various spots with this team over the last three years where you kind of get back to this fundamental sort of argument of, okay, growth of the passing game versus, man, when the offensive line's even halfway decent, they they run the ball all over everybody. And they're far and away the number one rushing team in the NFL in yards per attempt. And Lamar's running slightly less, and he's doing it at 7.4 yards per clip, which is astounding. Um, And now Bateman's hurt again, and Andrews is dinged up, and some of these young kids are stepping up a little bit, I guess. But I just wonder, Cynthia, if they lean kind of more into who they really have been at their core, which is getting multiple in the run game, dominating time of possession, and trying to be an efficient passing team in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, you say all that stuff, and I guess my number one concern would also be kind of the defensive output we've seen, right? Like the at first we had saw a lot of injuries secondary. It was a completely different type of team. And now you're starting to see like, all right, like this defense is starting to come together pretty significant ways as well. So it, life is about timing. And this team, like every other team, health, timing, get back to who you are, figuring out the right balance of my strengths versus your weaknesses or my strengths outmatching your weaknesses or masking our weaknesses with other things, right? So it's the balance of all of those things working together. 
And I think that's actually one of the things that the Ravens do exceptionally well is keep reconfiguring. You see it during the game. You mm. see it halftime adjustments. You see it fourth quarter adjustments, et cetera. So that's just going to be kind of the name of the game going forward. Cynthia, the Cincinnati Bengals look like their offense had gotten back on track, but now uh, Jamar Chase is going to be out. Now, they're not putting him on the, on the IR, but he's going to miss a few weeks with his hip injury. Now, you talk about timing. And just when things started to look like last year again, now he's gone for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, the deep passing, it was interesting because, in general, when I think of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow together, I think everyone, right? Like, he set records for number of deep catches, deep touchdowns, not just for a rookie even, but also, like, league-wide type of thing. So, you know, the fact that we haven't really seen that get together until two games ago and then there's no Jamar Chase, it's just a little bit different in this game this past week. So, you know, it's it's. Look, it's just like we said with everything, right? Their O-line still needs some help. That O-line has not looked great yet this year, even though they spent all that money on it. In addition to that, it's like, okay, well, how long can T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd step up? Good news for, you know, Bengals fans is that T. Higgins in a contract year, so he's going to want to get his yeah. bag. What do we make of the New Orleans Saints, who are next up for for the Ravens? I I, I... – I can't. They're they're a team that has kind of befuddled me from week to week. I would have bet my soul that that game went over yesterday, and obviously it takes two to tango. And the and the Raiders did not cooperate and were absolutely suffocated by a Saints defense that had been given up twenty eight or more a game the last four times out. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are either. I mean, like at the end of the day, the one thing I thought was really confounding, like if you look at just their straight rushing yards allowed information it looks kind of saint-like meaning like saints aren't usually with Demario just in the middle like not usually really generous to opposing rushers but if you look if you drill that number down to between the tackles eek, it's actually pretty bad so kind of inside mm-hmm. runs have been a lot more successful for teams and you know what was funny is in the past two games prior to this with the raiders you know where josh jacobs has been really doing a lot of damage both inside and outside the tackles and he couldn't get going at all so i <laughs> i have no idea because you Oh, did we lose Cynthia? T- T-Bone, I think, I mean, uh, Stone, I think we lost Cynthia. Call her, call her back. Bigger. Oh, there oh, she is. Oh, do we, we get you? Sorry about that. I lost yeah. you. For, we lost you for a minute. Um, yeah, anyway, all I was saying was that Marshawn Lattimore not being there, you thought Devontae Adams would have feasted, but right. it didn't work out like that. So I, it's, it's interesting. But they're not getting a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, which is good news for the Ravens. Who do you like in that division now? We're talking about the Saints. That, that NFC South, it, it, it looks like a, a jumbled mess with the Falcons in first place at 4-4. Four and four. Hilarious, right? Like, remember the Falcons' win total ahead of the season was four and a half games. I, like, we're, we're, how ridiculous is that? I think the NFC South, like, decided to become the NFC East, and the NFC East, if I become the South, I don't know. That one's really open for anyone, but uh, funny enough, I actually think the Bucks end up pulling it off. I think that, you know, everything sort of comes together for them. It's a much better team than what we've been seeing. They just need to get their run game a little bit more solidified to be able to give Tom Brady just a little bit more time. But, I mean, I don't feel super confident saying that. I'm not sitting there being like, yes, for sure, it's the Bucks. No questions in my mind. It's not even not like that at all. I just I happen to believe based on pure top to bottom roster, pure quarterback play, pure. I mean, Mike Evans is still there. What are we talking about here, folks? And they will get healthier in their secondary as well. I don't know about you, Cynthia, but I'm watching that game last night, and like I, I at times I started to get. I got no dog in the fight. I didn't. wasn't a best bet for me. I didn't bet it. I had no stake in it. But this Green Bay thing, like I'm, I'm watching them down 17 points and dinking and dunking and being methodical. And I know he eventually finally pushed the, pushed the ball downfield. But I'm like, 
what are we doing here? You just gave this guy $105 million fully guaranteed, and are we just going to run everything through our running backs? Are we not going to try to develop these receivers? Like, I don't know. Him and LaFleur had me banging my head against the wall. Almost to me, it looked like a little bit of surrender. Like, well, we just want to keep it close and not have it look horrific at the end of the game, and then we'll do our talk and, you know, doggo on Pat McAfee, and then we'll run this charade out there again in nine days. If you would have told me that in the same season – Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and Russell Wilson would all look the way that they've looked, I would have thought you were absolutely bananas, and I would have thought you were, like, taking some sort of, you know, maybe ayahuasca journey yourself. But at the end of the day, you know, like, that offense, it's a trust thing. I mean, I I did clock the receivers to see, like, what was going on, and they don't run precise routes. Devontae Adams was always timing-wise where he needed to be at the time he needed Aaron to deliver the ball to him. And between changes, I mean, Elton Jenkins didn't play, and, like, and they only knew that about 90 minutes ahead of the game. So between O-line problems, and Aaron Rodgers, by the way, is taking harder hits this season. Pre- there's pressure, and then there's like pressure, right? Yeah. And he's getting a lot more of those harder hits this season than he typically takes. So it's, there's a lot of things, like kind of you know a confluence of things all at once. But I don't think the receivers are where he anticipates them being when he anticipates them to be there. So I think that's part of what you're seeing. Talking to Cynthia Freeland, it's uh, Inside Access here on the fan. Cynthia, the Seattle Seahawks have to be one of the more surprising teams in the league, and Geno Smith, one of the more surprising players. They Who would have thought trading Russell Wilson, they'd get better at quarterback. They can run the football as well. They beat the Giants this weekend. Halfway through the season, they look legit. They are the biggest surprise for me. I mean, I like I was up there at training camp, and you know it didn't feel normal. It felt different, and everyone thought, I mean, why would you – get Drew Locke and then start Geno Smith. Like everything felt really confusing. And like, you're like, what is going on here? Like, and then, you know, their defense too, like who's going to rush the passer turns out the two young corners they have and Tariq Wollin and Kobe and Kobe Bryant are really exceeding expectations and helping them out quite a bit. And let's be honest, the fact that the NFC West is also not that other than I guess the Niners now, but you know, they, they're, they've had some non-competitive, like much easier schedule than it looks at least ahead of the, ahead of the season. So you know, and, and with the Broncos starting off like so not great against them, they really got that momentum going well. And I mean, look at Gino. Like, it's so, it's kind of cool to see. Have you looked at these lines the last three or four weeks and felt like Vegas is giving the Texans and the Lions too much respect? <laughs> like, they don't look like they're even in the business of winning football games. I mean, you know, Houston's trying to peddle a bunch more salary before the deadline. And, you know, I like Lovey Smith a lot, but he's a caretaker. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the guy they're going to eventually turn it around with. Like, it's just, it, it it's kind of despicable. Like, they don't really do anything well other than maybe run the football. And, I mean, the Lions, I don't have to tell you how inept they are. I mean, this guy hasn't won a game on the road and, and might never do it. Like, I just look at these lines every week, and even this 13 early line for the Texans, like, they suck. <laughs> I mean, I think this season, though, we have been, this season has been more interesting from the standpoint of, like, kind of unexpected wins. I was kind of looking into why we've seen, you know, when Tom Brady said we've seen bad football, it's, he's not wrong. We've seen a lot of bad football. And part of there's a, a, a number of things. One, the most big-name players, meaning high-snap players, change teams. We saw it with wide receivers, quarterbacks, et cetera. Number two, you have the most injuries to key positions that we've ever had in the history of the NFL, and something probably to do with the fact that also teams haven't been preseason and, and snapped together. Like, those are really low, not the lowest we've ever seen, but, but low. And at the end of the day, we also have a bunch of new, co- new coordinators and play callers, not necessarily young play callers, but people with not a ton of 
experience who are now getting their first chance to call plays. So all of those things together, we've seen a lot of, you know, weird stuff. And, and I mean, the Lions, the Lions, I'm going to give them a tiny bit of credit because it took all four quarters for Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins to come back on them in this last game, which is like very characteristic of the Lions. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, I think it's that we've seen a lot of weirdisms and per, and perhaps some of the the lines are baking in the fact that these are you know very some a lot more new play callers just overall cynthia freeland as always thank you so much for your time thank we you. appreciate it you got it great talking to you guys have a great week thank appreciate you appreciate cynthia freeland from nfl network we'll come back and uh world series game three scheduled for tonight we'll see if they get it in there's some rain in the forecast so we we shall see but we're hoping to have game three games one and two are this weekend we'll recap next this week in baseball remember adam jones joins us at 3 30 here on the fan inside access on the fan two are on twitter and ken is borderline creepy on the gram good news i found your instagram did you see the 90 photos i liked in a row last night at 2 a.m inside access 1057 the fan it's one in the air to deep left center field back it goes it is gone alex bregman strikes again in the world and the Astros again lead 5-0. That was Alex Bregman in Game 2. They led 5 nothing in both games, Jason. But in Game 1, unfortunately, Verlander gave it up. Justin Verlander, who has been... Well, been, he's been great in the regular season and been great in the playoffs for the most part. In the World he Series, he's been awful. in the World Series. Yeah. He can't win a game. No. And, I mean, it looked, Game 1, like what could be more gift wrap? Than this, you've got Tucker with the early power, right? The the he hits the Weaver, he hits the solo yeah. shot. They scrap out another run. It's five nothing. At that point in time, if you would have told me that not only was Justin Verlander not going to get the win, he wouldn't even be in line um, to get a result because he wasn't going to pitch deep enough in the game to get a, a decision one way or the other. I'd have said nah. But yeah, that's uh, that's what happened. And look, I got to give the Phillies a lot of credit for how they won that game because I, I really feel like if they lose game one, having to unload their bullpen the way they did against an Astros bullpen that's deeper and better, you know, if Houston wins that game and it's a game two is a little bit more attrition mm-hmm. and your A guys aren't quite as crisp or, or whatever, I, I felt like you could really start looking at a scenario where, you know, they're going to Philly down 0-2 and, yeah. and it might be... It might start getting late early, but man, oh man, to win that game in extra innings, to 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 overcome some of their defensive liabilities and make some stellar plays in the outfield, in particular, you know, it, this is this is going to be it's going to be a series. Um, now they couldn't do anything against uh, Framber Valdez no. in game two. No, and some people think he was cheating. And then there's yeah, was he using something yeah. or was his sweat just magical? Um. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely going to his hair a lot. Like, there was a lot going on there. But I don't know. They they couldn't touch him. But but look, that's the reality for the Astros. That's your brand. Your brand is cheating. And I'll say this, Gigi. When we're in, like, the third inning of game two, and they casually, I can't remember if it was Kenny or Verducci, but they casually go to the sideline guy, and he's like, um, yeah, for you know, for your information, and I guess for those scoring at home, 
Uh, Martin Maldonado used an illegal bat last night. Yeah, used one of uh, used uh, one Pujols. of Pujols' old bats that was grandfathered in for Pujols, but not for him. And so he apparently isn't being punished for it, nor are they. He just can't use those bats anymore. And I'm like, that's a World Series game that he played. He got an RBI in it with that illegal bat. Like, but, but, what the hell are we doing here? So if Pujols is allowed to use it, it's been used in games before. I guess the only thing you can say is no, you can't use it, but you can't like, well, you can't go back. You and can't t- do anything retroactive. But dude, how does that come? How does that come to light the day after the first World Series game? There was an omission, obviously, and like yeah, they don't think that's worthy of like. I mean, I'm not saying maybe a full blown press conference, but like, shouldn't somebody from the league, whether not maybe not the commissioner, but like who's their Troy Vincent? Whoever the Troy Vincent of, yeah. of you know, whoever the head of baseball operations is, is that wasn't it like Sandy Alderson for a while? Well, yeah, but then they went, back, they to went back. But I mean, like that dude should have been available before the start of game two, and people should be able to ask him questions. Yeah, like we're just going to go to our broadcast partner and casually mention that this cheating ass franchise cheated again last night. But don't worry about it because they lost the game. Well, I mean, I, I don't think they knowingly cheated. The bat- <coughs> who else was allowed? <laughs> but, but the knowingly or unknowingly, dude. They, of all the teams, yeah. it's the World Freaking Series, and the dude's using a bat that nobody's supposed to be using, except, Ex- for, except, Albert except Pujols, for Albert Pujols, because he was there in 2010, and Maldonado came yeah. in in 2011. Yeah, Bro, they need to be dotting every I and crossing every T. Like, you've got that going on, and then you've got the Valdez stuff happening in that game. Like, when does it stop? When, Like, when does it stop? Meanwhile, Trey Mancini can't get a hit. No, and he he saw nothing but pine in game uh, two. Yeah, he's, and he got he's, pinch hit for in game one yeah. in a critical moment yep. where that's exactly why they traded for him. Correct was for him to be in the batter's box at that point, not on the pine for a punch and Judy guy. Yeah, he's he's been riding the struggle ever since like the first month where he was hitting all those homers. Yes. He's ridden the struggle bus hard in Houston. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, the outfield in Philadelphia is a little different, so. I don't know how much we see him in this series, you know, uh, moving forward. Maybe he becomes more of a bat off the bench than even a DH for them because it seems like they're comfortable having Jordan as DH. Um, and I don't know. You know, it's it's slick, right? Mm. If they play this game tonight, it's probably not ideal conditions. Yes. The, the outfield configurations aren't as conducive to a Mancini surviving in the corner outfield role there than I think it is in Houston. Um so yeah, I I don't I don't know T Bone, uh, T Bone. I don't know Gigi um, whether we see a whole lot of Trey from here on out. Do you have a lean? Do you have a lean in this thing? Uh, as far as who I think is going to win the series, yeah. I think Houston wins. But I, I, I have much respect to the Phillies, man. These guys they got hot at the right time, and we've seen this before. And the Phillies are playing great baseball, and their pitching's been good on that that Sir Anthony dude in the bullpen. Yeah. His lights out. Uh, I, I say it's the Astros in six or seven. You know, the extra rest could work. I mean, I don't even know in anybody's favor because the, the Astros in particular have barely played any games. feels like they play once every four days yeah. since the playoffs started on average. Um, I'll say this. Nola and Wheeler are going to have to be a hell of yes. a lot better second time around than they were the first time if the if the Phillies are able to have a manageable bullpen to get through a six- or seven-game series. Their starters are going to have to step up. Game three scheduled tonight at 8. It'll be on our sister station, uh, 1300 The Bet. Monday Night Football will be here on 105.7 The Fan. But coming up next, 
Adam Jones, former Oriole, what does he think about the World Series? Who do you think is going to win? What's he think about the direction the Orioles are going in? And uh, tell us about the podcast. Adam Jones joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Baltimore's only 24-hour sports station. 1057. The Fan. We are efforting to get Adam Jones on the show. We should be joined by him shortly. But in the meantime, the Ravens have made a trade, Jason. And it's a guy I was screaming for. I I didn't think they'd go this far, GG. I didn't think they would. And according to uh, a source which I can't name, I'm hearing it's a second and a fifth for Roquan Smith from the Bears. Yeah, well, we talked about him at the beginning of the show, and you mentioned a three, and I said it's going to take more than a three, and it's going to – and it did. Wow. Look, this guy's. If you're not familiar with him, he is an absolute stud. Not, only a, not a lot of holes in his game. Yeah, he's a true inside linebacking stud, and he's only 25 years old. He can. He's also got over two sacks this year, two picks. But anyway, let's go out to the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline now. This is. Uh, we're excited about this. World Series resumes tonight. One of the. Well, let's face it. When the Orioles were good from 2012 to 2016. This man was, in my opinion, the face of the franchise. He's a top 10 Oriole all time. I'd agree with that statement as well. It's Adam Jones. And Adam, good afternoon. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. How how are things? I'm hearing from a bird you might be in the area at this moment. I am. Uh, what a what an introduction. I appreciate that. A little some little accolades, man. Yeah. I, didn't, I thought I forgot. No, well, <laughs> well you're not. You're anything but forgotten around here, brother. And life. well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm around town. Got uh, family in town. Doing some doing some Halloween, some trick or treating. I'm uh, dress up tonight and just um, see some family, see some friends, catch up. Obviously, promote the podcast with Jerry, and uh, yeah, had a good time with Mr. Dennis last night and. Um, he came on as a sponsor, so very happy about that. And oh yeah, you know, just trying to just trying to see as many people as uh, as we can in such a short time, which always sucks because you always miss somebody. So, so I have I have to ask you the connection with our friend Aloysius. How did that come about? <laughs> well, I've known him forever. Yeah. So um, just just about just you know keep, keeping the right circle and understanding that certain people support you in certain endeavors. And uh, you know, we went over and talked to him personally, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I would love to be a part of it because you know I believe in your causes. I believe in the things that you believe in." And uh, you know, when you have backers like that, that's always a good thing. Well, it's it's interesting to me, Adam, because you could do a podcast about what it's like to be an American abroad, right? Whether in the Far East or now in Spain, you could do a podcast about San Diego, right, where you grew up, right. where you have it's always going to be in your heart. Like you, you've had quite a journey. The fact that you decided to kind of make this first media or quasi-media venture Baltimore-centric, that really kind of floored me. Um, and, and obviously it's indicative of just how much this area means to you. Well, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I grew up here at 22, age 22 to 33. I mean, I, um, you know, went out to the bars here, grew up here. I mean, got married, got had kids here, raised kids here. So it's like this place obviously is, you know, a place that I do call home. So... You know, and there's always going to be a tie. Obviously, my wife's family is from here, and I played a long time here. So um, I'm done playing now. So it's I can move around and do whatever I want. And obviously, my market is here also. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's an algorithm. Everything's algorithms nowadays when I tweet about the Orioles and get good responses. When I tweet about life or San Diego or traveling, people are like, yeah, whatever. Man. <laughs> but when I tweet about the Orioles, it's like, oh, yeah, man, yeah. And I tweet the Mullins last week, going off. 
that incredible year, you know, at the All-Star game with Gunnar Henderson. And people, like, really like that content. And it's like, you know, I'm done. I got free time. Jerry's got free time. He's a little pest. <laughs> us, us together, you know, we are we – are, we're just like a good yin and yang. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, I just think it's about – you know, telling my stories about being here in Baltimore, obviously the food places, the traveling, uh, all that kind of stuff that I did here. And uh, just trying to get, I guess, my unique side of it um, and then get Jerry's unique side of it because, uh, you know, we, I think we both have been here long enough to understand how the delivery for Baltimore sports because these are some passionate fans, people that really love their teams. And, you know, being here a long time, I, I fell in love with it also and had people fall in love with me. And it's crazy as I'm older that, you know, people are like, man, I watched you when I was a teenager. Now I'm a grown-up. I grew up with you. You know, now I can uh, take the time to breathe it all in. It's uh, it's really cool. Well, Adam, I'm glad you, you said that last part because, like, you're beloved here in the city. It's it's pretty cool. I can, I can remember when the Ravens went to the Super Bowl in 2012. You, like, you went to the road – you went on the road with them for a little bit, and I, I know – A little expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but, like that, that's part of, like – and you didn't do it because you wanted to be noticed. You did it because you wanted to do it. But it, like, made you even more beloved here in Baltimore. So, I, you know, I'm curious, now that you don't live here full-time anymore, and you mentioned your wife and everything, here like how do you feel about the city well i mean i did that because first of all i love football we were good and it was like we were good and they're riding a wave so like we, we just i just followed them everywhere they went and that was magical and my wife only went to the super bowl she was like i ain't going to denver new england i'm like oh you want to go to the super bowl the big one huh? as soon as they won in new england i get a text well i get my make sure you give me a ticket um but no i mean i again i bought purchased homes in these areas you know i i know the local People, I went to Wine Merchant the other day, and, you know, it's like being being at home. People great know, sandwiches. Oh, yeah, the Raven's Roost. Uh, that's, my, that's my go-to. <laughs> um, but people just, in, you know, in the places that I go, they just know me. I went to Stone Mill this morning, and just it's like I never left. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, Adam, what's up? And it's like, hey, what are you doing, Mr. Jones? I think you're all good. What can I get you? You know what I mean? And it's just real homey. And obviously, I lived in the city a little bit, but majority of my time here was in the, in the northern part of the county. So, you know. Just having my neighborhood spots and uh, not having to use navigation. I know everywhere to go, you know. So when people say, I'm, I'm here, here, I just shoot right there. And, you know, it's just a familiarity. And, um, yeah, so it's a, I'm comfortable when I'm here. Does that make sense? No, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Um, well, well, what are you? Look, we're, World Series, we're a few games into it. As soon as it's over, mm-hmm. hot stove begins, and we get the waiver wire cranked back up and the transaction wire. How excited are you for the Orioles? And you were here at a time where the payroll was competitive. You know, they're, years, they're somewhere between 10th and 16th, you know, at least middle of the pack in payroll. Yeah, I mean, What's your expectation for ownership's role in this rebuild? We got, we, yeah, we was fortunate enough to, you know, we went in some years where, you know, our talent was really good. So, and guys were starting to get paid. So that's why our payroll jumped. Um, right now, I mean, I don't want to get into the, the whole family, and that's a different subject. And right. Different, uh, so, like, that I think will maybe, you know, bother when it comes to spending money. I know Elias said he wanted to come out and spend money, but if that's tied up in all the other litigation, then, again, I don't know the books and I don't know how it's working, but hopefully they hopefully he's able to spend something. But at the same time, I don't think it's the right time to spend at that, like, in, in terms of who you're trying to go get. Again, if you're trying to go get somebody that's a $160 million player, that might not be the, the route. If you're going to go get, like, I love what I love Lyles. I think what he, mm-hmm. he was able to go to a place and not be, you know, you don't talk about nobody. You like just go and just not necessarily hide, but go and just pitch and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and work with young pitching staffs. He's, I mean, he's, 
he's 92, 93, and the other, the other guys is 98, 99. And, but he's, he's able to talk to these guys, mentor him. He's been around the block. It's seven, eight-year vet. And, like, I think that signing, signings like that, that can still help these younger guys get older, get more mature, get a little, you know, get a little bit more seasoned. Because next year, a lot of these guys are going to play a first, uh, their first full season from yeah. opening day all the way through, and it's a long season. So to have a couple, you know, a couple veteran guys um, that can, you know, mentor the guys like an old door. Obviously, I don't know if they're going to bring him back, but somebody in that caliber that, you know, has been around and can mentor those guys. Because I remember having a couple guys like that around myself, and you know, it paid off big time just for I think my personal growth and you know going down in the future. Talking to Adam Jones, it's Inside Access here on the fan. So, Adam, what's it like for you as someone who was a player to now be sort of in the media? I saw you were at the the NLCS, both in San Diego and Philly. Is it is it weird? Is it natural? How do you feel to be a, a member of the of the media, or do you not want to admit you are? Well, I'm not a member of the media. Okay, that's <laughs> it. I got I, I got a lanyard, but it doesn't say it doesn't say media. It says official MLB. But uh, I work with MLB. In um, more of like leadership ambassador type roles, um, it's me, CC, Dan Otero, Roger Davis, Raul Ibanez, and um, some other guys. And it's just more of a, a shaking hands, kissing babies. But you know, learning the other side of the game, learning the business, learning the corporate world, sitting in the commissioner suite, and the people that roll through the commissioner suite is owners. Okay, now you don't see these guys all the time. You never see them. Actually, you, ne- you never see the owners. And to just be sitting around these guys, hearing their conversations. Um, you know, at the NLCS, walking around the field, going to umpires' rooms, meeting with the umpires, and you know, going over the regulations with Fox and all this other stuff. All the stuff behind the scenes that, as a player, I just showed up to the park, put my cleats on, played, and left. This is behind the scenes, getting there before everybody, and it was it was really unique, honestly. And you know, getting to see the umpires in a different capacity because you know, obviously we you know we we didn't battle against the umpires, but. Just seeing them in street clothes and how they do it and how they how they prepare themselves, it's cool to see the other side of the game. And uh, again, I'm not media. <laughs> One day I might be, I might be, you know, because MLB Network has asked me to do some. And I was like, ah, not yet, too much of a commitment. But uh, this one, you know, I'm slowly winning myself back into it a little bit. So let's see if uh, maybe I can occupy my time a little bit with uh, an organization one day. Got to ask you about Adley Rutschman. I mean, yeah, what a freak show. Like, this isn't supposed to happen, right? Like, you're not supposed to come in, and now the team goes from the dregs to a winning operation, and the ERA is dropping, and all he does is hit doubles and get on base twice a game, like, from both sides of the plate. It's crazy. He's a stud. Yeah, just, you know, that's the best part about it. He's a stud. He's always been one. And going 1-1, he knew, he, you know, obviously he has a lot of expectations. But he, he just plays the game. I've watched a lot of him. He just plays. He just plays. Like, he's, he's, there's nothing – he don't care about being pretty. He just plays. He loves being dirty. And, you know, that's how, that, that's like a fit for Baltimore. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want no – you don't want a prima donna. He's got great right. flow, though. Big league <laughs> hair. Oh, yeah. Big league flow with the hair. But, uh, like, his attitude towards the game just seems like just very hard-nosed. And, you know, playing here for a long time, that's what the fans love. They love a player who's going to bring it every day, play hard, and, you know, be dirty after the game. So, Adam, you got this podcast. It's you and our friend Jerry Aloysius Coleman. You'll be doing the podcast. I think you've had two out so far. The first one you guys talked about, maybe your your 10-5 decision and the future of the Orioles. And then the next one you talked with Torrey Smith, correct? Yeah, and it was before his comment. So don't you don't you go and say that uh, I could have been the first one. I would have been a real boost in ratings, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, no, it's uh, it's me and Coleman. We're just talking about – and my brother-in-law, Reggie. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, but we're just talking um, Baltimore sports, giving shout outs to, to the local area uh, athletes, um, getting obviously tackling a little bit of the national news, trying to have some really cool guests on every week. Obviously, we had Tori and um, the first one, we didn't have anybody because, you know, we talk too much as is. <laughs> so, you know, this week we have a really special guest. So, you know, we're just trying to keep it loose, keep it fluid and talk about Baltimore in a different light. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of podcasts, obviously, but I think ours is a little bit unique since, you know, I think I'm not like really the only baseball player that's talking about it and talk, having a podcast. I know a lot of football guys do, but I think I'm one of the few, if any baseball players that have one in the area. So, Hopefully people will listen to the Adam Jones podcast and hear us just banter. And I'm going to wear Jerry out, too. Go <laughs> get him. Every chance I get. Where, where can people find it? <laughs> you can find it on any platform that you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Uh, and also you can find it at thebaltimorebanner.com. You could remind him he owes me, a, I think, 100 bucks from yeah. a bet we made. He didn't think the Orioles would win 63 games. I tried telling him early in the year they were going over 75, but he wouldn't yeah. listen. He owes you did stay. Take him to have him take you to dinner. I'm working right. on it. Has he taken <laughs> you to dinner? Yeah. No, I owed him a dinner, so I took him to Ruth's Chris the other night, and man, that little dude can eat. <laughs> he didn't God. take any to go bags. Yeah, how many doggy bags? No, he didn't take any, but he sure had ordered a lot of bread for some of them. <laughs> disappeared from the table. <laughs> uh, hey, Adam, I want to let you know. Next time you need a cheesesteak rep, just have your my brother contact me because I went to school up there. I I was happy to help you. Okay, yeah, I had Angelos. And Angelos was unbelievable. I had okay. Cleavers the first day, which was great. And I put two videos out yeah. of just me just savoring them. But Angelos was different because now I'm learning the story of the families marrying each other. One's a bread family bakery and another's an Italian restaurant. And I mean, that's heaven right there. <laughs> uh, John's Roast Pork. Go there next time. Oh, yes. That's, they said you get the pork sandwich. Yeah, but yeah, just get the cheesesteak, cheese man. The cheesesteak, it's, it's amazing. Oh, and, and uh, please let my brother know that I'm the better Wyman brother. Uh, no, I, I got to go with him. <laughs> I got to go with him. Uh, he, is a, he is a sponsor, and uh, he is a great guy. Oh, what a great guy. But but I was a fan first. <laughs> well, hey, continued success, yeah, man. Thanks, thanks so, much. so much. And uh, we look forward that. to listening to the, to the pod. Yeah, well, let's hope to catch up soon. Yeah, you are, as, as I would say, a Baltimore treasure, so we're glad you're, you're doing this. Appreciate it, brothers. Hey, Thank thanks you. so much. Adam Jones joining us. Hey, uh, Jason, I think we call an audible yes, here. Yes, we do. We got to talk because, some Roquan because, Smith. Yeah, the Ravens have acquired Roquan Smith. So instead of League at Large, we're talking Ravens acquiring Roquan Smith. What did they give up? We'll tell you next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Jason and Tim sit in the bleachers. Ken sits in his brother's seats behind home plate. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. If patience in progress is ours once more, now that we have a neutron bomb, it's nice and quick and clean. If you're just tuning in, breaking news, the Ravens have acquired Roquan Smith inside linebacker from the Bears. For a second and a fifth next year, we have a pull-up at IA1057, the fan. Your thoughts on the trade? Your two options are hell of a get or too much need a a wide receiver. You can vote at IA1057, the fan. That poll will be up for 24 hours. But, uh, Jason, two and a five for Roquan Smith. My first instinct is 
you give up a two and a five, and I was talking earlier about, well, maybe, you know, they, with Ngakwe, they went and got him and he was a rental. That's a lot to give up for a rental. No, it, it's a lot. I mean, the problem for them is, as as at the top of the show, when we started talking about this as a possibility and now it's a reality, they've got to put an exclusive rights franchise tag on their quarterback, which means they don't have any leverage with Roquan Smith. And the only way to keep a guy like this off the market is by restricting his mobility via the tag. So the odds of them putting something so robust in front of Roquan Smith, this close to him getting free agency, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's happening, Gigi. Like, if you don't hear them announcing a contract with Roquan Smith imminently, and I would be shocked if that happened, then I think you're 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 willing to make that gamble that there's no assurances that he's not a rental. But the situation is as dire as it is, despite you know some who would try to tell you Queen and Harrison are a thing or could be a thing, and I, it's a risk. It's a risk I didn't think they would take because of how much they value their picks, but it's a risk that I applaud because I don't think Patrick Queen is an impact three-down linebacker in this league. And I think when Patrick Queen flashes and people get excited about Patrick Queen, it's because he's been put in a situation where he can go chase the football. Well, now it'll be even more in that situation because you got a guy who's arguably the best. And I mean on linebacker. the ground, yeah, yeah, not in coverage. Yeah, no, but now you've got a guy in Roquan Smith who's got two picks and two sacks. No, he's and- there are not many holes in this guy's game, period. There are not. He is a one of the best off-ball linebackers in the NFL. He can run like the wind. He can he can run with tight ends. He can get physical. He's great against the run. Like he he he, he people say play like a raven. What that used to mean? Like play like a this guy. This guy plays like a raven. This guy is the quintessential raven linebacker of old. Um, but yeah, how this plays out in terms of. How long he's here and how the division of labor works, you know, Bynes, I would think, is gone. You know, Malik Harrison is a special teams guy now, which is probably mm-hmm. what he should be. And then when you face a team like he's the Giants, a little. when you face a team like the Giants or the Browns, more the Giants, who just want to run the football, then okay, there might be more of a role for him there. Um, with the edge group looking more fortified, do they move Bowser inside more? Like, they're going to be able to play around with linebacker looks, whether there's two on the field or three on the field or four on the field, they're going to be able to have some fun with that now. And this guy covers up a lot of warts. Um, but the reality is, the good teams in this league, you saw the you saw the Browns do it, and they're not a great team. When they decided to attack the Ravens linebackers on a couple of those drives, there was no pushback. Yeah. On the ground or through the air. So I get it. And it's them admitting a mistake, which you have to do. The fascinating part will be, GG, how much how he and Queen are deployed together. And like I, I don't know how if you if you have intentions of keeping Roquan Smith here on the open market, then I don't know that you're putting a fifth year option on Patrick Queen, or if you are, it's only in the hopes of trading him. But I don't know how many other people are going to want to pay that freight either. So you give up a second and a fifth next year for Roquan Smith. Do you see a move for a receiver? Now the trade deadline is 4 o'clock tomorrow, so essentially 24 hours away. In light of the Bateman news, and Harbaugh said he's going to be out, it's more than just a tweak. You said your spidey sense was I think it's bad. Yeah, that he ain't coming. I don't think you're seeing Rashad Bateman. I'd put him on that Marcus Williams track right now. You're not going to hear anything about him for a long time, and maybe you don't hear about him at all this year. But he's not going to be a factor for them. 
in the in the in the coming months, I would say. So, do you see them making a move for a receiver in the next twenty? Well, I mean, hours? that move may have already been Deshaun Jackson. I mean, yeah. that that may have been the move. They do um, like that move, kind of move for a receiver. Remember, see Des Bryant, see Sammy Watkins, see uh, we can, Michael Crabtree. We can go through the list. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, them bringing on somebody like a Brandon Cooks who's making real money next year. He's restructured this year. It's easy. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see that. Um, but look, I didn't think they were going to do this. This is not the kind of this is move I begged for. Yeah, and it's I, I agreed that it's necessary. I just didn't think they had it in them to go and give up, which was going to be way more than just a third for a guy who might just turn out to be a rental at a position that you've invested major draft capital in the last few years. But yes, they should have done it, and it's good that they did. One note that I didn't know that I just saw on Twitter before we step out, Roquan Smith also doesn't have an agent. So him and Lamar Jackson, they're dealing with two guys that are going to want big money who don't have agents. Coming up next, Jonas Schaefer covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. What does he think of the Roquan Smith deal? We'll, t- we'll ask him next year on The Fan. Inside Access. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 